Dice Company contains fantasy violence, mature themes, and unapologetic bickering. No feelings were hurt in the making of it, but listener discretion is advised. Dice Company will always be free, but it's not free to make. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts and get access to our weekly roundtable show Extra Roll. Just follow any of the links in the show notes for this chapter. Welcome one and all to Dice Company, where a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism and despair under the guise of playing Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Tom and I'll be your DM through the continuing adventures of the Order of the Heron, question mark. Order of the Heron, question mark. Please introduce yourselves and tell the audience one fun fact about your characters. Should we respond to him? He's called us the Order of the Heron. He's, he's forcing us to a choice. <laughs> well, I've already got my heron tattoo. <laughs> Definitely don't respond to him then, right? It's in the middle of my face, where my <laughs> nose used to be. <laughs> Hello, my name is Charlie and I play Vanda Finnick. Tiara's words of last week's chapter have had a profound effect on Vanda. She talked of the Obsidian Matrix making her a god. Consider as well the wish that Papa Ungamus offered to Grant and the great power that promised. These things have got Vanda thinking, considering perhaps the potential of something he didn't dare to dream, the possibility of becoming whole again, what it would be to be restored. The thought itself is intoxicating. Hang on. Last week or the week before, everyone was a bit alarmed that Augustus maybe wanted to be a king, and now Vanda steps in and wants to be a god. Anyone scared? Yeah, I mean... Surprised I didn't get an alarm from Toc there. <laughs> I was too shocked. <laughs> is there already a god of soup in this world, or is that is that vacant? That is vacant. Divine gastronaut. Is something vacant if it shouldn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it an even closer pair of eyes on Vanda at all times. The god complex is here. It's real. It's happening. <laughs> Hello, I'm Alex, and I'm playing Augustus Zeno. And Augustus has noticed that everyone has a pet, if you count Tox's pet, Tick. And Augustus is jealous, and now he's missing his horses. So he's named his horses. They are called Pegasus and Mr. Pippin. He hopes to get them back, along with his stagecoach, very soon. Uh, well, it's a fancy cart. Um, Pegasus, yes, I get where that's come from. Mr. Pippin, is there a story behind that? Isn't that Lord of the Rings? <laughs> that's one of the hobbits, Chuck, not, not one of the... <laughs> oh, God, it, is, it's, it feels like it is a horse of a uh, story. Mr. Pippin. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next time someone tells me something that really matters to them, I'm going to go, oh, no. <laughs> I apologize. I withdraw from the conversation. Let's continue. Also, interesting to hear that you're jealous that Benny has got a dog because you love his dog so much. That's good to Stupid know. dog. Um, I almost called one of them Ghastly Slurp that came up last week. <laughs> then I thought I couldn't find another name as bad. And then I just decided to give them both nice names. Who's to say the horses won't return just as zombie horses? <laughs> oh, no. You just guaranteed it there. Now you're talking about language. You get off Mr. Pippin and Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Dave and I play Benny Quez. Just a little bit of additional Benny backstory for my fact this week. Um, as I believe I've mentioned in a previous fact, Benny was living with a, a group of kind of outcasts in a cellar shortly after escaping from the orphanage in his youth, involved in petty crime and the like. One day, Benny was out and about, and when he returned, in quite a rare occurrence, they'd had a visitor. Someone had knocked at the door. 
and um, there was someone who had been looking for Benny and who had said that she was his aunt. When the person said that Benny wasn't around, she went away and said she would she would call back and try and find him another time. And she was never seen again. And Benny occasionally wonders who that was. So a mystery physicist in a cellar. Was Benny getting flashbacks when he first met Augustus then? No. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been his aunt all along, just in search of claret. It would explain why everyone neglected to mention a detail of this crazy <laughs> aunt that came to visit. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to step in and say that it fits perfectly with the backstory I'm building for you. <laughs> well, that's good news. Ah. That's, uh, that's a fine piece of luck. It really is. Just write down a note. Shadow Vanguard aunt. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I thought. <laughs> Hi, I'm Harry, and I play Tok, a six foot eight imposing automaton. My fact today is uh, something that Tok has been, um, again, talking to, uh, to Benny whilst in the bag. In fact, talking to Vanda whilst in the bag, dressed as a zombie. And it's uh, better suggestions for Benny the Rojan. The suggestions are. Shadow Child, the Unseen, Ghost, Lurk, the Maker of Minimal Noise, Face Spider, Twist of the Knife, the Bold Deceiver. I mean, I'm all up for more names for Benny. I think that I, I obviously still prefer the demonic Quaalude and will be pushing that. But certainly <laughs> there are some. I mean, Benny, any favorites so far? Why does, why does everyone feel that Benny needs another name? Well, I mean, Tok just likes naming stuff. Yeah. I spent a good three minutes coming up with the name <laughs> Benny Quest. I don't think I need anything else. Although I did quite like Lurch or Lurk. Sorry. Lurch. Lurch. Yeah. What wasn't an option? Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like Bartholomew. <laughs> I particularly like Phase Spider. I thought that was the best of the lot. Difficult to connect Phase Spider to Benny. I misheard it as Face Spider and I wanted <laughs> a massive fan of Face Spider. Yeah. That's even better. <laughs> not being not having people call me Face Spider. Hey, book a room, please, for Face Spider. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So, like flies to wanton boys, are we to the gods. They kill us for their sport in the next chapter of Dice Company. Previously on Dice Company. Time has dragged on as your resources have been slowly exhausted in Lothar Janeth's Palace of Lies. You defeated two lava mummies who were performing some sort of petrification process on the zombies of Verokir. In the process, you released Shadow Vanguard Tiara, but you were able to defeat her once again and imprison her in the Alokian protected cell. As you boarded a platform which took you up to the main floor of the palace, the cavern was filled with her screams. With a gentle jolt, the platform comes to a rest at the end of a corridor. 30 feet ahead of you is a beautiful lobby area with a long water feature in the center of it. There are no signs of movement as you move towards it. In the lobby are three locked doors, one to the east, one to the west, and one to the north. What would you like to do? I would like to see if Missy comes back. I'm kind of expecting Missy to return to me, having scouted out in front. Uh, Missy does not return to you. Unfortunately, Missy, having disappeared when she was scouting, appears to have been killed. I turn to the group 
and say, you know how I said everything seemed to be fine? Well, interesting news. Turns out, because having a familiar is somewhat new to me, I mistook Missy flying into a very dark place with Missy getting killed. So there's a very strong chance that everything is not fine. Sorry. Vanda shuffles up to Benny. I quite understand. Bellerophon was also killed while bravely investigating. Thanks, Founder. I hope I can get it back. I don't... Yeah. It worked the first time. I'm sure in time you can. Well, hopefully. I was growing very fond of that raven. And I of Bellerophon. Yeah, weird that, isn't it? Just to intervene on behalf of the humans rather than Vanda, I'm, I'm very sorry, Benny. It's a, a sad loss to all of us. Benny scandal Augustus's face for signs of sarcasm. And there appear to be none. Have I misunderstood, right? The raven went up and died. We're sad about that, right? Yeah, but you, it... you hate my pets. You hate animals. I do not hate animals. I hate the homing beacon empire spy dog that lives in the zombie city and apparently is unconcerned. <laughs> I hate deeply suspicious animals. Al hates animals. I always do it. <laughs> you, this is, I just realised what you've done. You hate animals yourself. This not very nice, like, is it, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you basically created a complex plotline that has cast me as the animal hater to t- draw fire from your deep hatred of animals. I love animals. This is what, this is what the whole show has <laughs> been about, Al. The whole thing. It's just for this one-liner. Yeah. And scene. Bullshit. Augustus, did you not leave the horses to be eaten by zombies? Certainly not, Toc. That's why I've purchased the finest horses in all of Satan. They will be galloping even now. And yet, eaten they are. The point I was trying to get to is that we might be in more peril than we initially realised, so we need to be on our toes. Yes, let's get back to the peril. Now, these three doors, which to choose? I'd rather favour the left door, Vanda says while shuffling in the direction of the left door and around the water feature. Vanda's waddled off on his own, has he? He has. Waddled? I move in many ways, but waddle is not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Sorry, oozed. <laughs> uh, Vanda, as you shuffle your way alongside the water feature, your foot presses down on a compression pad and you hear a... Can I have a dexterity saving throw, please? Oh, God. This is why you don't send a wizard out to scout out ahead. Seven. From the wall to the east, three darts fly out and embed themselves in your side. Please take five piercing damage. Oh. That's, I guess, only five damage. That's rather big for Vandit. Vandit slumps against the pillar to his right. Ow. Burst into flames. (laughs) The rest of you see Vander stepping and you hear the of three darts as they fly out and smash into the side of him. And then you see him slump against a pillar. That's quite a lot of blood, Vander says, looking down. Sure, Vander doesn't have that much blood in him. Gonna move up to Vander. I appear to have stepped on some kind of switch. I would look around you and check for traps, gentlemen. But before doing that, perhaps someone could assist me in pulling these barbs from my arm. Yeah, Augustus will do that. How are you going to attempt to heal him? You have lay on hands. You might have a healing potion. Uh, Tick will hand you a pair of pliers. Going to take them out, of course. I think the healing potions were given to Vander and Benny. 
okay. in the last episode. They were. I don't want to say like we shouldn't use them now, but we definitely should use other forms of healing other than the healing potions. Okay, Vanda drinks the potion. Okay, Tug's not giving him another one then. That's a total of five. So, Vanda, you did some kind of field medic work on yourself. Vanda pulls the darts from his body and downs a potion, feeling fortified and slowly gets back to his feet. Can I check for any traps ahead of us on the path towards the left-hand door that we're heading for? You certainly can. Uh, Give me a perception or investigation check. Uh, A natural 20 for 23 for Augustus, investigation. Nice. Whoa, Vanda is performing surgery and guzzling magical potions uh, to himself. Augustus does a sweep of the room, carefully identifying any potential traps. The room is actually clear of traps. The one that Vanda stood on is the only one in the room. Well done, Vanda. Just a couple more scars to add to the collection. As Vanda takes what's left of his tattered cloak and pulls it around his arm. (laughs) It is a rather fine collection, Vanda. Why, thank you. I'm sure we'll all have... A similar exterior in time, if we carry on as we are. Augustus brushes a spot of dust from the shoulder of his jacket. We can all have um, scars that nobody asks about, can't we? That's something to look forward to. (laughs) Benny's harping on about his scar again. Thank you, Benny. Let's make this about you. Well, if you insist. Right. I will not continue this uh, march to the door. I suggest someone else takes the lead as I appear. Maybe less equipped than I thought to make the journey. Yes, we have a a talk Augustus... One, two, in step, and then Benny and Van Der behind. Or, sorry, Tock, Tick, and Augustus. The door before you is closed, but it does not appear to be locked. Yeah, I'm going to open the door. And go through. As you step through, you can hear a low growling and groaning coming from the south of where you currently are. Through a doorway with no door in it. Can I have a stealth check, please? We have sent our wrong man for this. Uh, that would be eight. The growling to the south continues uninterrupted, despite the noise you make as you enter the room. Oh, I didn't mean to shut the door there. Shuts the door behind you. <laughs> I won't be a minute. <laughs> I don't know which square I'd be on, but I'm trying to peer round. Gripping the side of the door frame and peering around Augustus, you see before you nine zombies shuffling around. These appear to be the same types of zombies that you saw emerging from the lava pit. Okay, I am going to attempt to go back through the door I've come in through and quietly close it. And can I have another stealth check for closing the door, please? (laughs) Or I slam the door. (laughs) Augustus re-emerges. Oh, God. Appearing really kind of sneakily, not making a lot of noise, which is very unlike him. And then reaches behind, grabs the door handle, and with a boom, slams the door. There's shuffling and screaming coming from the other side of the door and you begin to hear banging as the creatures are trying to get through. Talk, can you weld the door? I cannot weld it. It is stone. Well then, I suggest we pick another door and choose fast. I'm going to dash to the nearest door and see if I can very quickly inspect it, see how safe it looks. I'm going to shuffle behind Benny. Can Augustus try and smash the handle off the door? I'm hoping the handle on the other side might fall off because if the handle doesn't turn... Maybe they can't get through. Augustus, give me an athletics check. Benny, give me an investigation check, please. Uh, That's 19 for athletics. Holding Ember in your hand, using the hilt of it, you smash down on the handle of the door, which cracks and breaks. Oh, investigation. The door before you is locked, but there don't appear to be any traps. I glance back around and try to see if Augustus' action seems to have achieved anything. 
Yep, which it has. The door okay. is not opening. Then I slow down and get my lockpicking set out. 18. Benny taking a breath as the banging on the door intensifies, but the door does not appear to be giving way in any fashion. He gets out his lockpicking set and puts it into the lock of the door, and with a click, very quickly, it unlocks. I very gently push it open to try to see what's on the other side. Give me a stealth check, please. And Augustus joins the party is now back together on the door to the north. 18 for stealth. Benny, you very carefully open the door just a slit so you can peer through. Before you is a long corridor running east to west. Floating along the centre of the corridor is a ghostly visage. Blue hues of a woman. I close the door. I don't think there's going to be anything nice behind any of these doors. And I say, um, we've got a ghost in this direction. Is that the poison we want to pick or do we go for mystery door number three? I would imagine there's something terrible behind each door, and I personally favour the odds of four on one. Yeah, seems like reasonable odds. I suggest we pick this door. I am immune to the effects of ageing. Okay. Let us proceed. All right. Um, I believe Tok has just volunteered. After you, in that case. I don't know. I would think Vanda might try and talk to the... Could Vanda try and talk to the ghost? Let's bowl through the door. Come on. All right. Well, let's um, let's go and chat to a ghost, I suppose. I will try and reason with it if that is possible. Okay. So, through the door. The moment you open the door, the ghostly visage stops and floats around 90 degrees to face the now open door. She tilts her head. Tok will uh, will move up. Yeah, Tok and Tick first. If we think this thing can age us, but it can't age automatons, then that is just the obvious move, right? They will move up in front of Vanda, protecting him. Okay. The ghost floats towards you, her head tilted to the side. What are you doing here? Greetings. My name is Vanda Finnick. A pleasure to meet you. We are here to seek Lothar Janess. Ah, you're here for the master. Yes. And what phrase? Your affiliation to Lothar. He created me. I would imagine that predisposes you to be a, a friend, if you will, of Lothar. Would I be right? I used to be. But these days, I follow a new king. I see. Maybe that I also know of this king you speak of. What is his name? Ogruk. I see, and... What manner of creature is Ogruk? A large creature, much larger than me. How lovely. This Ogruk, is he predisposed to helping others? The king does not help others. Others help the king. They are attempting to stop Lothar from reaching the magic number. That is most fortunate. This is a chance meeting indeed. We too seek to stop Lothar from seeking this magic number. That does not make sense. Then you have me at a loss, for it makes perfect sense to me. And she looks at you and begins to count. One, two, three. I send a mental message to talk. Kill her. She may be referring to the ritual of ascension. You may be test subjects. One, two, three. One, two, 
Okay, Top will follow Vanda's advice and um, will launch an attack. So uh, Tick will distract the ghost by standing behind, thus trying to do the, uh, the help action, and Top will attack. Cool. Roll for initiative. Uh, you will get a bonus round, Tock. Vanda, uh, Augustus glances at Benny because we're still standing outside the door and that raises an eyebrow as if, is there any possibility we should just shut this door? That's a six for Vanda. A seven for Tock. Fourteen for Benny. Eleven for Augustus. Surprise round for Tock and Tick. Okay, well, uh, Tock is going to uh, draw his magical glowing sword and uh, an attack. Uh, he gets a 19 to hit. Is a hit. And 13 slap magical slashing damage. Tick gets a uh, 21 to hit. Is a hit. For seven non-magical slashing damage. Tuck, your attack slices through the kind of almost corporeal form of the ghost, and you can see that it's damaged her exactly as you imagine it would. Tick's attack is a bit more swishy and just goes kind of clean through her, only doing a small amount of the damage. Tuck will also say, alarm. And then we start the first round proper with Benny. So I'm going to move in. This doesn't seem like the kind of location where firing arrows is going to be particularly beneficial. Then we're going to dart in, attempt to stab the ghost with the short sword, uh, and then I'm going to hopefully dart away again. So that's a 23 to hit. Is a hit. Please roll for damage. Uh, seven piercing damage. Benny, as you pierce in with your short sword, the sword very quickly goes through the middle of her, almost like it's there's nothing there to properly go through, and you know that the amount of damage that you've done is less than it should be. Yeah, so having dipped in and successfully struck, Benny darts away. And it is the ghost's turn. Um, reacting to the attacks against her, her arms raise in the air as her hair stands on end, and you hear this horrible scream fill the corridor. Can I have wisdom saving throws from everyone who can see her, please? 22 for Vanda. Vanda is unaffected. <laughs> Top rolls a natural one. Uh, it's a 13 for Benny. Tick gets a 17. Uh, so it's 13 from Augustus. Okay, so everyone, you're kind of grizzled veterans of combat now and having spent so long in Verakir, even this horrific visage that you see before you doesn't frighten you. Vanda just ignores it like it's not happening. Tok, however, you begin to hear the now familiar clacking of his knees chattering together. <laughs> Tok, you are frightened once again. And she is she is going to attack Tick. Natural 20. Oh, God. Having, having screamed at you all, she turns around and places a hand on the face of Tick, delivering... 25 necrotic damage. 25 necrotic damage. 25. Okay. That's enough to put uh, put Tick down. So having having placed her hand on Tick's face, you see black spreading out and Tick crumples to the floor. Augustus. Augustus bowls into the room, shouts Ember, draws his sword, and then attempts to hit the ghost. Well, 12 is a hit. Please roll for damage. Nice. Uh, so that should be seven fire damage, I think. I'm going to smite her as well. Yeah. Roll 3d8, please. The Obsidian Matrix told us that radiant damage was our friend against the undead. It certainly did. 16. 
Augustus, having negotiated his way quickly past Vanda, sweeps around in a flanking maneuver behind the ghost, draws Ember, ignites it in flame, and then calls upon the power of Tear as the sword itself glows white hot with radiant power. He swings at her, and the ghost explodes in a scream and disappears. Tok is immediately going to rush forward to where it was next to uh, a downed tick and uh, uh, start making some slightly panicked repairs. Benny hops down as well and says, I don't know if a potion's any use. Here, Tok, I've got one if you need it. Save the potion, Benny. I can effect repairs. Vanda closes the door behind us. Benny uh, looks around the corridor and says, Did you kill her? Is she gone? Is she coming back? What, what do we reckon? I believe that she is gone. Thanks to our paladin. What was she talking about there? I don't know, but I I sensed there was immediate harm about to befall us. Vanda looks around this corridor and seeing no obvious threats. Gentlemen, I think we must take this opportunity to rest and recover what strength we can. As the next stage of this little adventure may well take nearly everything we have. What did she say her new master, or whatever it was, is called? Ogrook? Yes, Ogrook. Can I recommend that if we run into him, we don't mention any of this? It might indeed be a good idea. And at this point, I'm going to use one of my abilities. Researcher, you may attempt to learn or recall a piece of lore if you don't already know the information. I'm going to search my head for what Ogrook might be. Okay. Uh, excuse me as I recover from the shock of you using an ability. <laughs> Vanda, PhD. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay, so Ogrok is not a name specifically that you recognize, but you do know the kind of verbiage of it and the creation of the word. And it is ogre. It's like giant kind. Uh, so it, you, you have a strong sense that Ogrok is definitely the name of an ogre. The etymology of the word leads me to believe that we may be referring to some form of ogre or giant or giant kind. Well, that's encouraging, Vanda. Presumably undead. That would be even more terrifying. Undead giant, yes, that does sound like a formidable foe. Let's hope they don't have a king, Augustus. Well, they don't anymore, Vanda. Quite. Now, as I was saying, it may be time to rest, as I suspect we'll need it. I would find that to be acceptable. Vanda nearly collapses to the ground. <laughs> I am going to perform arcane recovery. What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, I am now taking notes. <laughs> Vanda is twice as dangerous now I take this notes. This is not what I signed up for when I started DMing. Yeah, I resign. <laughs> While this resting is going on, um, Benny is feeling a bit restless. So he's going to have a quick scout around this corridor, lighting his hooded lantern and just creeping around to make sure it's safe as it appears. Oh, give me an investigation check, please. like it. I also love the fact that Benny, under no circumstances, will ever rest. <laughs> He's fundamentally opposed to the idea. I get nothing from it. I won't do it. 25. Benny, as you investigate the corridor while the others are resting and Tok pays careful attention to Tick to make sure that he can be brought back, you find that there is a singular door to the east of the corridor. The door appears to be locked. And from behind it, you can hear some low groaning. And that's the only exit apart from the one we went in. It is the only exit. There are, however, no traps. That's good news. 
Do I have any sense of the kind of creature that's making the, the groaning noise? 25 is a is a big roll. Uh, it's the sound of zombies. You, you're quite accustomed to it at this stage. So there is a, as far as you can tell, there is a small band of zombies on the other side of the door. They're not aggressively groaning. It sounds to you like they're, they're likely just milling about. I come back to the group. Well, there's only one way out, apart from where we came in, obviously. And um, sounds like zombies on the other side of the door also. Are we sufficiently recovered to continue? Indeed. Um, so Doc has been repairing Tick, but also consulting the Obsidian Matrix. Ooh, la la. What's he consulting the Obsidian Matrix about? Uh, something quiet, something quietly in a corner. In fact, you can't really hear Doc talking to it. Interesting. Go on. Is he shouting? <laughs> it appears to be um, uh, uh, sort of like displaying some pictures kind of in a quick succession. Vanda looks to the one exit and then turns back to the group, greedily eyeing the obsidian matrix for a second before his one eye flicks to the other members of the group. Gentlemen, as it appears, zombies are on the other side of that door. I have a plan. We are, as you will have observed, rather shabby, covered in blood, not too far from the very zombies. We hope, potentially, to trick our way past. You remember that in the halls beneath us, I used this trick already. Would you be disposed to trying it again? I should say that zombies don't mind the term brains, but other lexicon is discouraged. Vanda, the zombies did not seem fooled by Augustus's appearance. Augustus may have to, dare I say, take the drastic step of ripping his clothing a little, Vanda says with some trepidation. I'm sorry, are you, are you telling us... We got into that fight downstairs because you tried chatting with the zombies. What I'm saying, Benny, is that you look fantastic as a zombie, just as you are. I haven't got a scratch on me. And yet, the perfect visage <laughs> of a zombie. I congratulate you on your appearance. You could add some entrails. Yes, not too hard to find around here, I'm sure. Augustus, though, you do make a rather fine zombie. Vanda, my concern is not so much with removing my clothes. My worry would be removing my armor. Luckily for you, your old friend Vanda has another plan. You see, recently I myself was covered in blood and would be happy to share some of my blood with you. And Vanda moves forward with a bloody hand outstretched. Can I, can I just very quick, sorry to take it out of character for a moment. Um, can I just double check you are suggesting what I think you're suggesting, which is a Shaun of the Dead style, all of you pretend to be zombies to get past zombies? No, 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 that would be a terrible idea. Talk and Tick are going to climb into a small bag. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> Vanda's hand is now inches from your armour and closing in. Benny sees Vanda lurching towards us with blood-stained, outstretched hands and says, uh, thank you, Vanda, but I think I can sort myself out, uh, for this particular problem, and I cast Disguise Self. Ooh. To look like a convincing zombie. Benny, what is it you plan to do? Who <laughs> you, Vanda? Vanda turns back to Augustus and begins smearing his blood all over Augustus's armour. Augustus lays a heavy hand on Vanda's shoulder 
and looks him very seriously in the eye, almost with that same kind of religious sort of zeal, the seriousness that, that Augustus saves for these truly momentous moments and says, Vander, will you promise me to find a good laundry when we get out of here? Vander looks with equal solemnity. Of course, my friend. And do remember that to do great things, we must also do disgusting things. Augustus sort of lets that fall to the ground and holds back tears as he allows Vander to ruin his beautiful clothes. With almost priest-like solemnity, Vander rubs blood on Augustus's face. Augustus's eyes are shut as tight as any eyes in the history of humanity. You'll never make as good a zombie as Benny, but this will do. Thinking about it, probably should have checked Akin locked door before we did this, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, um... And remember, brains. Just maybe just don't <laughs> say out. Um, um, okay, talk, talk and tick will climb into the uh, into the bag and uh, it will, you know, I suppose it'll be left on the floor for whoever wants to pick it up. Benny will pick it up. It's probably best if I go first into it and be the most convincing. Indeed. And I head for the door. I'm going to attempt to uh, unlock this door. Cool. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, first things first, let's have a thieves tool check, please. 19. Takes you no more than four seconds. With the thieves' tools out, you hear the click as the door is unlocked. What a rogue. Whisper to others, stay close behind me. Rains. And I push open the door. As you unlock and push the door slowly open before you, you see a small host of zombies, six in number. They appear to be aimlessly shuffling around. For a moment... They stop and all heads turn to your direction. Can I have performance checks from all three of you who are not in the bag? Vanda and Benny, please do it at advantage. Oh, fuck. Uh, that would be a six for Augustus. <laughs> this is the worst set of rolls I've ever seen. It's like we marched in with no disguises at all. It's a four from Benny. A nine for Vanda. Just to be clear, you're all really, really good at performance, right? Or at least you're you're above average at performance. The high charisma party. <laughs> high charisma party. Two of you rolling at advantage. One of you rolling normally. None of you got over ten. That would be correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please roll for initiative. God damn it. <laughs> Why? What's happening? <laughs> you open the door <laughs> and did the best possible zombie impressions you could do, you go, <laughs> and the zombies immediately run to attack. Yeah. A three for Banda. A two for Augustus. Oh my god. <laughs> An eight for Tok. <laughs> <laughs> we just all fall asleep. Not only have we walked in completely undisguised, we're now just going to get savaged as if we didn't know there was a threat. <laughs> so that's nine nine rolls in quick succession on D20s, none of which have been in double figures. Dave, what was your initiative, sorry? Seven. Seven? Unbelievable. I simply can't believe that they've seen through my disguise. <laughs> Immediately. Even though you were magically disguised, I was more persuaded, and rolling at advantage for the you know, D&D mechanics side of it, I was more persuasive than you. I was just a guy in a slightly messy suit. 
Um, and incredibly, because of your awful initiative rolls, all the zombies go first. How, did, how has this happened in the one time in the entire campaign that I'm at the front? Yeah, we're not even <laughs> in fighting order. This is terrible. Yeah, we've, we've put the squishiest people up front. Yeah, we are in reverse fighting order. We've got our biggest, we've got Tok at the back, then Augustus. I don't want to throw shade on uh, on Vanda's um, plans, but uh, this one doesn't seem to have gone very well. Not over yet. Tok's not at the back. Tok's, it, Tok's in the bag. But okay. you haven't told him to come out yet. Like, I haven't got enough initiative to have thought that. The zombies immediately fill the 10 feet wide corridor and prepare to launch a blistering attack against you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so bad. Also, I would point out, if we were in fighting order, seven or eight zombies probably shouldn't expend many resources to, to take them down, especially in a corridor. Well, the fighting herons don't run like that. The three zombies that have surrounded Benny begin to attack. Oh, my God. Uh, they, they are going to attempt to all bludgeon him with their fists. The first one attack with a nine. That's a miss. Second one attack. With a 21. There's not a miss. Please take six bludgeoning damage. And the third, also a nine. Terrible. That's also a miss. <coughs> yeah, so even though you're surrounded by three zombies that are all swinging wildly at you, you're able to dodge and duck, and only one of them actually catches you around the face. Okay, Tuck. Uh, okay, so can Tuck hear that there's fighting going on versus... Uh... Yep, the zombies have not been quiet in their attack, so Tuck and Tick can both hear the screams and the bludgeoning sound of Benny's jaw being smashed by a zombie fist. In fact, our zombie impressions were so bad you could actually hear them. I hear the difference between the zombies and the impressions. <laughs> Even Tuck could discern. Um, okay, in which case, Tuck's going to come out of the bag fighting, so he's going to, uh, in the bag, he's sort of standing on Tick's, on Tick's shoulders, sort of like he's crouched down. Uh, he's literally just going to like try and jump out the bag, draw a sword, and start laying about him. Uh, there's not really enough space in the corridor. I'll put him where I can where I can put him. Tok steps out of the bag, sword and shield drawn, and marches straight up to the first zombie he can see. Nineteen to hit is a hit. Please roll for damage. Nine magical slashing damage. Tok, tell us a story. Uh, so literally just sort of bursts out the bag um, as he does, the sword sort of like pointing out in front of him, catches the zombie under the chin, uh, and as he wrenches the sword sideways, decapitates it. Uh, Tox then going to advance into the space that the zombie was in, uh, his armoured feet just like crushing the zombie body underneath him, uh, and Tick will follow along after. Uh, well, he will prepare to move into where Benny is if there's a gap that sort of forms. Benny! Well, Benny appears to have found himself in a kind of face-to-face -face fight of the kind that he has never, ever had any intention of getting into and is going to get out of it as quickly as possible. So I'm going to use my disengage action to remove myself. So the very thing that Tick was preparing for seems to have happened. <laughs> okay, he moves in to protect Vanda, stepping in front of him, blocking the hallway. From a far more enjoyable distance, Benny's going to have a shot at this zombie. 23. Is a hit. Please roll for damage. Uh, it's a total of 13. Benny, tell us a story. So Benny darts away from the zombies, then having reached safety, spins, pulls out his bow, cocks an arrow, and fires at the nearest zombie. The arrow goes straight through the zombie's head. A rather unpleasant squelching sound 
And the zombie slumps to the ground. It's the most impressive feat of agility you've ever seen from a zombie. Vanda. Vanda's flintlock appears from his robes and is leveled at the nearest zombie. That's a 21. Is a hit. Vanda, please tell us the story. Vanda's hand comes up and the flintlock appears between Tick and Tock. The blast sounds and shrapnel rips the zombie's frail form apart, scattering him across the floor behind him and his other zombie friends as he ceases to move at all. Augustus. I will go up to here, muttering ember as I go. And out comes the flaming sword. And in I stick it. Eight. Is a hit. Please roll for damage. Yeah, that's six fire damage. He's obviously been put off by the uh, disgusting outfit and torn clothes. Just horrendous. Augustus steps between the two automatons, ignites Ember and pierces the flaming sword into the heart of the zombie before him. Pulling the sword out, the zombie leans in and growls in Augustus's face. <sighs> drool appearing on his chin. Augustus growls and drools back. At least you're not winking, I guess. Yeah, I'll hold a wink. Uh, the the remaining zombies begin to fill the corridor once more. And beyond that, you hear more zombies coming through. All three zombies are going to attack Augustus. Okay, Tick is going to move with the shield to protect Augustus from the first attack. Eleven for the first attack. Uh, so Tick's shield comes out and blocks the attack on Augustus's behalf. Second attack is 17. Nope, AC's 19. And third attack is five. Heh. Scorn. The three zombies begin trying to club Augustus, who you can tell this is a fine gentleman who's been trained in dueling as he steps little movements that just throw the zombies off balance as he draws his sword and his shield with Tok there occasionally providing assistance. Tok and Tick. They're just going to, uh, yeah, use their long swords to make, uh, make sure work of these zombies. Tok gets a 12 to hit. Is a hit. Uh, or seven magical slashing damage. Seven being the magical number. Please tell us a story. Uh, again, it's, he's just going to uh, bring the sword straight down on the uh, the zombie's head, uh, like cleaving in through a temple and slashing the head open. Nice. Uh, and then uh, Tick is going to take the opportunity to advance to where the zombie was and attack himself. Attack himself? Bold. Attacks himself? Take a side. The zombie in front of him is hit. Is uh, a hit. I'm assuming hits 26 to hit. Yes, 26 hits. Or <laughs> uh, six slashing damage. Tick's attack is not quite as effective as Tox's, and much like Augustus before him, he stabs the sword in, and it comes out, and the zombie screams in his face. <sighs> Benny. Um, Benny's quite happy where he is, just taking pot shots. So he's gonna shoot to this zombie. That is a natural one for seven total. I think that's the only way you could miss, isn't it? Benny, still looking like a perfect zombie, draws back his bow, fires it, and the arrow pierces the back of Augustus's hat, carrying it forward. Bastards. What a day for my clothes. Benny goes, Friends? I mean, that is commitment to the bit. <laughs> What's Benny's plan? If the if we he's just if we the rest of us die, he's going to live out his days here as a zombie. Vanda. Vanda steps up just behind the shield wall being formed by Augustus and Tick, and again the flintlock slides out between the two shields and blasts the zombie on the left. That's a twenty. 
is a hit. Please roll for damage. Oh, it's a two. <laughs> but that might be just enough. Banda, please tell us a story. <laughs> Amazing! So the flintlock slides out between the two and kneecaps the zombie. Happily, that's just enough. Its leg gives way and it falls to the ground. Dead. Again. Beautiful. Augustus. Slashy, slashy. I hit Mr. Zombie with my beloved ember. Another natural one for seven. <laughs> that was literally the only way I could have not hit him. Like. <laughs> Correct. Well, I'll see your natural one, Mr. So having, David. Having seen Vanda cruelly uh, and quickly dispatch the zombie on the left, Augustus attacks with Ember, swinging, completely missing the zombie as the flaming sword that looks oh so magnificent clatters ineffectively into the wall. I now do wink at him. The zombie does not register the wink. More zombies fill the corridor. The one who is dueling currently with Augustus is going to attack him using the Shelby Cat Crystal Calamity dice. Natural 20! Oh, oh God. Uh, oh, neutral DM strikes again. Fuck it. For the listeners, the DM just took his shirt off in celebration. <laughs> uh, that is nine bludgeoning damage, please, Augustus. I'm now going to save the Shelby Cat dice for special occasions. This thing is fantastic. Uh, and the other one is going to attack Tick for nine. That'll be a miss. Uh, yeah, so the first zombie smashes into Augustus's jaw, obviously really offended by the wink. And the second attacks Tick, who just deftly blocks the attack. I'm guessing Tick is probably questioning why Augustus didn't do the same. And Tuck. Okay, so first uh, Tick is going to attack the zombie in front of Augustus. Uh, it seems to be an extra tough one. Uh, so, 22 to hit. Is a hit. Nine slashing damage. Tell us a story, Tick. Try and make a, a path forward to talk. Tick is going to uh, smash the zombie in the face with a shield, <laughs> causing it to fall back and just get trampled by the other zombies behind it. Uh, okay, sensing a gap, uh, Tok is going to... Maybe deftly isn't the right word for a giant automaton, but he's going to barrel forwards into the fore and attack the zombie... Um, in front of him. Okay, he gets an 18 to hit. Is a hit. Nine magical slashing damage. Tok, tell us a story. I mean, Tok's just going to run full bore into the zombie and just, again, like a linebacker hitting uh, an elderly woman, just <laughs> crush it. Uh, it's a bit, it, it's horrific. Um, it's funny you should mention that because this is the, the zombie of an elderly dwarven woman. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a it's a true horror for any of the biological life forms to uh, to witness. Body parts and brain matter splattering everywhere. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, Tok's gonna like I would say slightly aimlessly swing his sword like he was expecting there to be a zombie, uh, <laughs> but it's just been obliterated. Benny. Yep. Just gonna keep taking them pot shots. Oh, never believe it. That's just unlikely. Ah, uh, it's another natural one. Seven. He swallows his own arrow hole. Incredibly, for the rest of you, you hear the arrow whistling as is now common with Benny's attack. It misses all of you, no problem. Cruises past the zombies, bit of a problem. Hits Augustus's hat, which is on the floor behind the zombies, <laughs> for the second time. Benny shouts, is his bloody rotten fingers? Can't get a grip on arrows. Augustus grimaces at this bullshit. Vanda, uh, with my view slightly obscured, Vanda's hand then stretches out in the direction of the zombie by Tick, and I attempt to enter its mind with Mind Spike. 
Oh. You get to find out whether zombies have minds. So, 16. Is a hit. Please roll for damage. Is a two. Uh, you enter the mind of the zombie. It's a barren, desolate wasteland. There isn't even a zombie within his own mind. I mentally punch it. It does It does little effect. Punch him in the hunger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add, though, that I scream, I make an amazing zombie! Did Vander feel young again when he was inside the zombie body? Augustus. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a bit of a log jam developing here. Can I go through talk up to the one in, zombie in front? You certainly can. Also, I'd like to point out that you do get additionally covered in uh, bits of the uh, old dwarven lady zombie. Yeah, I'll allow it. As you squeeze past talk. That's fine. I've extracted a solemn oath from Vander to launder my clothes. Vander, oath keeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wants to be. Otherwise, Augustus will bring the hammer of tear down on him. Um, I don't know if tear has a hammer. Could do gauntlet of tear. It's a gauntlet. What a paladin. Exactly, shut your face. Lore. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Augustus leaps over or sort of darts past Tok and then has a slashes ember towards the zombie in front of him. 19. Is a hit. Roll the damage. 12. Augustus, tell us a story. He swings the swings ember through exactly where the zombie's belt would be, cutting it neatly in two, and the top half and bottom half fall in a heap. And the zombie is dead or whatever a dead thing is when it dies and stops being able to move around. Very sad. No windows to open either. Exactly. Dr. Sigmund can't do anything. He's, he's busy no. attacking my hat for some reason. <laughs> I've had a lot of problems with it. A ridiculous headpiece. <laughs> the zombie's turn. The one remaining zombie is going to attack. Tick. This is why you don't use other dice. Uh, that is a five? It's five hit? Uh, no. <laughs> Talk. Okay, uh, Tok is just going to attack. Tick's going to attack him as well. Tok gets a 17 to hit. Is it hit? Nine magical smashing damage. Tok, please tell us a story for the last zombie. Okay, so uh, Tok catches uh, one of its flailing, uh, flailing fists with his shield, uses it to drive it against the wall, so its back's turned, and then uh, the crossguard and knuckle bow of his sword smash into the back of the skull of the zombie just like crushing the spine and the back of the skull. Jesus. God. Highly, highly descriptive. Was... <laughs> oh, okay then. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. It's cool. We are out of combat. Very good job, everyone. I'll wait for us to know the coast is clear, but um, Tok's going to offer to repair some of Augustus's clothes and his hat. I'm not having stuff repaired and then having to be a zombie again. I, I say, wait, wait, um, as I still look like a zombie, shall I take the lead? The zombies did not seem fooled, Benny. Yeah, I know, but I've gone to effort now, so... Yeah, let's send our zombie up front. We made good zombies, says Vanda, slightly irritated. <laughs> T uh, Tick and Tok will get back in their bag, ready for Benny to uh, at least carry the option of defence along with them. I'm going to move forward, gathering up my spent arrows as I do so. Sorry about your hat, Augustus. That was a, a genuine accident. Augustus stares at the ceiling. Um, Benny's attempting to move fairly stealthily, so that he's kind of 
gets to make a decision if he encounters anyone rather than having to react. Benny, as you make your way through the thin corridor, followed by Vanda and Augustus holding the bag with Tock and Tick in, you find another door ahead of you. It is shut, and from the other side you can hear some rather rhythmic grunting. It is definitely the sounds of zombies, but there is a deep guttural zombie that appears to be shouting different to normal ones. Zombie ding! It's all whisper to everyone. Do you hear that? I mean, at, at this point, we got to go forward, right? Believe we do. I also, despite all the evidence to the contrary, believe in our plan to remain as a group of ne'er-do-well zombies. Uh, lightly from the bag, Benny, you can hear the definition of insanity. It's repeating the same mistake. I have half a face. Creep forward to the door and check it for traps. Okay, give me an investigation check. 11. There don't appear to be any traps on this door. And in fact, there is no door handle or lock. Fun. Uh, you should be able to push the door open easily. And not close it behind us should we want to make a quick exit. I very gently push it open. Can I have a stealth check, please? 24. In the dim, musty chamber before you, a grotesque spectacle is unfolding. A colossal figure, once a formidable ogre, now a wretched servant of decay, stands draped in the tattered remnants of regality. A ghastly crown perches upon its mouldering head, casting a sickly glow across his pallid, rotting features. Before him, a small legion of the undead has assembled. The same group you saw emerging from the lava pool on the floor below. Their vacant gazes fixed upon their newfound sovereign. The air hangs heavy with the stench of decay, as the zombie king, in a voice that reverberates with unnatural resonance, addresses his obedient assembly. Zombie King! He's real! Second Zombie King. We've already met Zombie King. At best, you killed a zombie princeling or a minor noble in the Zombie Kingdom. Can I tell what he's saying? Um, In the ghastly language of the deceased, the Zombie King, he seems to be issuing commands, a kind of dissonant chorus of guttural groans and eerie murmurs, Uh, but you don't understand a single word of what he's saying but it's certainly resonating with the zombies who appear to be almost, as as far as zombies can, cheering for what he's saying. After a moment of watching them, they begin to head west towards a door. Yep, I can see some of them now. There's quite a lot. As they appear to be leaving, I just decide to bide my time and see everyone goes. I'm out of sight, right? Yep. No one spotted me. With the room quickly emptying of the zombies, the zombie king himself squeezes through the door and you hear it a slam as the door is shut from behind. I um, whisper back, uh, coast's clear, everyone. Vanda shuffles forwards. Have a look around the room. It looks like there's sort of a podium and... You mean investigation check? I say, well, I don't know how much of that you all spotted, but that looked like a zombie army heading west and they were fired up. Something's happening, which could either help or hinder us, I'm not sure which. Tiara mentioned that the zombies are no longer predisposed to Lothar. Is it possible they've come to overthrow him? I wonder what's going on. How has that suddenly happened? Well, I guess we're not going to work that out, are we? Question is, do we follow them, see where they're going, or do we try and take the opposite route and avoid them? I suspect we should take the other route then and see if we can pick up any further supplies or find a place to rest further. Yeah, or maybe 
see if we can come across that imprisoned orc. Ah, yes. I wonder how our pal Axel's getting on. I hope they're doing okay. I wonder, gentlemen, whether perhaps the army that just departed this room was doing so in response to our friends, the orcs. Very possible. Does that mean we've got an obligation to go after him, do you reckon? Say that. Well, let's quickly scout to the east, see if we can find anything. Rescuing Shaq would be a great bonus to all of us. Yeah, I suppose, you know, moral queries aside, a plan that involves not going after a load of zombies sounds like a good one to me. Well, when we do follow them, let us trail in their wake, see where they go, rather than attracting their attention. So, east. Agreed. Start heading towards the door. Uh, let's do a quick investigation check before pushing on. If I... The traps and the like. Yep, give me investigation or perception. Uh, just ten. Uh, the room is filled with strange slurry of dwarven remains and the kind of acrid smell of rot and decay is absolutely disgusting. There do not appear to be any traps, however. Press on then, in that case. Uh, as you look to the south, you can see a kind of eerie blue light that is beaming from the west to the east in a room two down from where you are. Grown to distrust eerie blue lights. I would like to have a sneak to see if I can get a closer look at this without alerting whatever is uh, the cause of the eerie blue light to my presence. Sure, give me a stealth check. Uh, from the back, Benny will hear uh, a be careful, Benny. You're guided. You didn't need it. You can. I'm rolling it anyway. I want it. <laughs> Highest roll of the campaign. <laughs> that is a 29 for stealth. <laughs> <laughs> Such a ridiculous role. <laughs> Benny lets the rest of you know that he's about to head south to investigate the light and then just seems to vanish from thin air in front of you. <laughs> you may move with impunity in a southerly direction, Benny. Uh, there's no kill like overkill. <laughs> Uh, in the dimly lit chamber before you, a stone sentinel stands frozen in time. A monument to the ferocity and power of an orc warrior caught in the midst of a relentless swing. Carved from rough-hewn granite, the orc's sinewy muscles ripple with tension, his expression twisted in a fearsome battle cry. Bathed in an ethereal blue light emanating from the wall opposite, the statue casts long, haunting shadows across the wall behind him. I look at it and I've had an idea, so I should almost certainly go back and talk to the others and find out what to do, but as I've had an idea, I'm going to do my idea. So Benny's going to step forward, taking great care to avoid the, the light itself, but pull his mirror out of his backpack and place it right in front of the source of the light so it reflects on itself rather than shining at the orc. Benny, as you place the mirror up, the blue light does indeed bounce off the mirror and stops casting its glow over the orc. There is a little crackle and then the light goes out. And then you begin to hear the sound of crumbling rock from behind you as the statue begins to shake and tremble and an orc warrior appears before you mid-swing. There is a shout and a cry as the orc berserker swings his axe. Mickey, please come and join us at the table. <laughs> Hello, good evening, good evening, good Hello. evening. Mickey. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Did not see that coming. I did not see that please coming. Please tell me the orc's response is, Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Very suave. Benny shouts, 
Thunder Hats Hats <laughs> <laughs> And the shuffles in the direction of Benny I've just remembered I'm still disguised as a zombie Yes <laughs> you are <laughs> As you're talking In a really weird way out this very small but it's like a two foot opening uh, Two giant robots are going to climb out <laughs> They're both the size of like uh, NFL linebackers. Shaq will instantly uh, step back and uh, turn to the nearest person to him. Oh my God, there's, 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 there's walking cooking pots. What, what, what on earth are these cooking pots? And I'll turn to Vander. Vander slips his mask back into place to look slightly le- less grotesque than he does currently uh, and steps forward. Shaq, I am Vander Finnick. We come as friends. I have spoken with your commander, the Centurion. And with that, Vanda produces the hat. Your friends made me show you this as a token of our alliance with them. Shaq is uh, overjoyed by what he sees in your hand um, and giggles as he takes it from you, uh, gives it an embracing sniff. And he's like, yes, this is mine. (laughs) And then pops it on top of his head, very sidewards like the artful dodger. Then looks up very triumphantly. Thank you. This means a lot to me. It's a charming visage you cast, Jack. As I say, we met your friends in the tunnels before entering the castle and agreed that we would come here, kill Lothar, and find you if possible. Oh, fantastic. Yes, Lothar. Last I remember, I was just about to put the bit of my blade towards his neck. He did some tricksy magic. Yes, I want him. Where, where, where is my uh, company? Have you seen any of my 13th company who I came with? The last we saw, they were entering the castle via a more direct route. We were to be the Hammer and Anvil. Right, excellent. That sounds just like them. They were most dashing. Can I assume, Shaq, that... You are still interested in getting even with Lothar. Oh, very much so. I mean, there's nothing more I want than to have his blood dripping over my great axe. And at that, Shaq just embraces the haft of his great axe, shaking it with saliva coming down his mouth at the thought of getting his justice over this uh, Lothar. Fine image, says Vander, nodding along with Shaq. Then I suggest we are of one mind as to what we must do next. Yes, Um, but first I'd like to know what's inside the cooking pot. Are you cooking a pig? Ah, yes, our friends. May I introduce Tick and Tock, our automatons. Greetings. Where is the cooking pot you refer to? Oh, well, uh, Shaq is very uh, dumbfounded by the fact that this uh, metal contraption is talking to him. He's never seen anything like it. He's almost skittingly stepping back like a scared cat not sure of what to do, looks at Vander and the others for reassurance, but then sees that it must be okay. So leans in and says, So what is it? Is, is, is there is there a, a halfling inside you or something? And at that, he'll lean down to the navel of Tok and lean in and shout, If you're trapped in there, just give it a knock, two knocks, and Shaq will release you. <laughs> My internal components do not consist of halflings. Ah. It's just some kind of witchcraft, is it then? So you can see through maybe some like dents and chips in the armor that there seems to be like a sort of a dark fibrous wood underneath the metal plates. Oh, wow. Well, Shaq is completely amazed by it and has no idea what on earth this is, but how it worked, but he loves it. And, and Benny says, oh, um, by the way, while we're doing clarifications, I'm not actually a zombie. I just, I know I look like a zombie, but I'm not, I'm not a zombie. We're con- it's a long story. No, no, that's all right. I thought you just had a bad night. That was all. I don't, I don't usually look like this. It's difficult to tell. It's true. I agree, Shaq. 
I'm catching a lot of strays today. As many as my hat. But forgive me, allow me to introduce Augustus and Vanda gestures to the paladin. Uh, while we're doing introductions, Shaq, I should tell you that I'm usually far better dressed than this. Well, Shaq just loves what you're wearing anyway. Um, despite him being an, an absolutely grand half-orc, he, he loves a good bit of attire and he instantly tells you're a man of class. <laughs> and Shaq, your brother Shay gave us the top hat to bring to you. Oh, yes. So you've seen Shay. How is he? Last I saw him, he was storming the front gates of the palace. So perhaps we ought to move swiftly to his aid and the aid of the rest of your band. Excellent. That sounds just like my plan. That's exactly what I want to do. May I introduce the last of our group? He goes by the name the Dreadlude. And with that, Banda gestures at me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell if a zombified person is rolling his eyes? Easily, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty easily. You could roll them across the floor, could you? Yeah. <laughs> Ignore Vanda. He comes out with all sorts. I'm Benny. Excellent. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Holds out his hat. As you are standing around chatting with one another, you suddenly hear a booming sound as if two large wooden objects have just collapsed. Right. Well, gentlemen, it appears that certain death is once again calling our names. <laughs> May I suggest an investigation to the north? Very well, Vanda. Let us move swiftly. I think Augustus is going to stride up there and hope everyone else is coming too. It's not its not the time for stealth anymore, I don't think. Give it my best hobble. As it's become clear that stealth is finishing, Benny would like to pause for a moment in the room he's in and uh, dispel the, um, the illusion that makes him look like a zombie, return to normal, and um, roll a quick hit dice if we've got time. Yeah, go on. Shaq, as, as the others begin to head north, you prepare yourself to follow and you see Benny, who is the zombie you've encountered so far, kind of just shake his face. And as he shakes it, his face quickly transforms into a gaunt human. Uh, and he quickly straps up his arms. Oh. Benny, have you done something with your hair? Shut up, man. The sound of the heavy wooden objects crashing is coming from a westerly direction through the door, Benny, where you saw the zombie king and his retinue marching through mere moments ago. Shaq, as the boldest in our group, would you mind doing the honours? Oh, happy to. Uh, um, do you want to do it quietly or easily? I prefer the second. Excellent. Me too. Like the way you think. I'd like to draw my bow as Shaq heads towards the door to give him some cover as he opens it. Top and tick. We'll do some preparations as well. Draw swords and ready uh, their little missiles. So you're attempting to smash the door down, I take it? Yes. With a nice Shaq steps forward with his magnificent looking great axe and with one clean strike, axe goes straight through the door, shattering it. Revealing the chamber beyond. As you look beyond Shaq and the rest of you, you see what's left of the zombie king's retinue charging northwards towards a purplish light. There is a bright flash and the sounds of multiple explosions. And then you hear the clattering roll of a crown rolling back down the corridor towards you. Maybe discretion would be the better part of Bala. I don't know, there's a crown up there. <laughs> uh, I feel like we've crashed in through the door, so we need to keep going now. 
clearly there are going to be whoever's in there is going to be distracted by whatever's going on in there. I don't think we've necessarily blown our cover yet. All right, well, let's send Sneaky Beak up there to have a look. Everyone's dead. Let's send Benny in to see what killed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that there was a massive ogre wearing a crown, and now we know the crown's on the floor. So, probably there's something quite dangerous up there, I'd say. Uh, well, let's all go in the room through here. Benny can at least go and have a peek around the door, and we're all in close support. Good idea. The moment you all enter the room, a voice rings out. Ah, excellent. One, two, three, four. Makes ten. And we will end it there. Humans of Dice Company would like to thank the following sweethearts for their support. Tika, SJ Fionix, Richard Ungermas, Rabbi Camel, Deem Vander, Path Pursuit, Paris Pakar, Julia Zeno, Shovels, Mama Strange, Queenie, Liz Beckett, Axel Runholm, Shay Benton, Chris from North London. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now over to our town crier, Alex, for an update from the Dice Company universe. Hello. So lots of exciting replies to our uh, social media nonsense this week. We asked people if they were a D&D god, what would they be god of? Uh, Marcus Smith said he would be god of cats and mediocrity. <laughs> um, uh, Cordy Fox said, I would be the god of night, guiding those who've lost their way in the shadows. Friend oh, to the nice. drunks. <laughs> yeah. Um, it be Riley said, I'd be god of stubbornness and nap time. Um, Jay McInnes said, the god of minor misfortune, i.e. stepping in a puddle that's deeper than you think, clothes shrinking in the wash, forgetting to pack a much needed but cheap and accessible item, offer me treats to avoid, offer me gold to inflict on others. Ooh, like treading on Lego. Yeah. That's got to be, be like top tier of that. I mean, if, if being a god is all about, you know, maintaining belief in you, he'll go forever. We asked people about their most memorable TPK, Total Party Kill. <laughs> uh, and the Cody Bannon on Threads said, uh, an entire party getting sent to the Gulag, courtesy of the stupid choices made by one player. Uh, and I asked a bit more about that. And it said, the incident that caused this was the funniest thing that I've seen in my entire life. Uh, but it's also something the group still finds incredibly funny. Uh, the player not only got the whole party sent to the prison, but his character single-handedly derailed a massive multinational NATO military operation. It could have a major effect on the war with the Soviets. Apparently, this was in Twilight 2000. I feel like okay. we're owed what he did now. I feel like the whole <laughs> yeah. story hinges on a fact we've yet to learn. Yeah, uh, if I may step in here, um, of the many TPKs that I have dished out in my time, obviously my favourite is the death by shopping trip that we have covered in some detail. Of course. But Mickey will remember a TPK that he was involved with, which included brain devourers, where I systematically, accidentally took apart the Fellowship of Cantioch. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that that, that was a fun death. Not. <laughs> <laughs> also, can you be involved with a TPK? I mean, surely you're either centre stage or not there. 
<laughs> he was definitely sent to stage. Actually, I think I'm not sure. It might not technically have been a TPK, Mickey. I think your character actually survived. From yeah, no, my my character. Yes, he he survived because he was the cleric at the back, just running around and just run out of. Well, his movement couldn't get him to everyone, and uh, that's why he survived. And then he went back to being a hermit on the side of his mountain. Yeah, north facing, <laughs> by the way, north facing. All the all the best people survive ridiculous TPKs and disappear. <laughs> There's always one to tell the story. <laughs> there are there are mountainside hermits all over the world who watched all their friends die, and now they just hang out where they are. There must have been one other that survived, though. Was it True Trugast or, or Fesbury? Trugast did survive. They're lore-wise, lore-wise, or um, Trugast to survive, uh. Uh, although he was greatly diminished. Wait, there did he go on without a brain? <laughs> <laughs> They had to go on without a brain. Is that like the, how the Wizard of Oz came about? <laughs> Just a, a soft TPK. Well, I studied English at university, so I can tell you lots of things about the Wizard of Oz, but we don't have the time. Or the interest. Is that where you first met Big Book? <laughs> That's where I fell in with Big Book. <laughs> he was in an abusive relationship since. The people of Big Book were there in your first lecture. I wasn't, so... Uh, you know. <laughs> also in TPKs, would you like to hear the story of Death by Goose? Always. Yes. Uh, Demon Jesters tells me about this, and I asked how Death by Goose happened, and he said the three-member party was attacked trying to steal bread. Yeah, the party's rolls were bad, uh, and the damn God-mode Goose rolled three natural 20s during combat, so it was a sad clusterfuck to a quick TPK. Wow. Yeah. But you meant bread rolls for a sec. I mean, three natural 20s is, is nasty, but I don't think anything's going to top the absolute awfulness of you guys' rolls this evening. <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life seen anything like it. It was a sound plan as well. It was a sound plan. More than that sound. Wow. But charisma checks based up to uh, advantage, a very charismatic trio doing it, and not one roll above nine. I mean, yeah. what is going on? Ask people what their favourite ever uh, TTRPG character was, and SJ said, my favourite uh, is Damakos Nowhere Baylor. If Benny and Vanda had a kid and that kid was raised by a demon, you'd get this guy. Um, an absolutely efficient bastard who na whose name still brings fear to my group years after the story ended. I will take that. A bit of dice company in there. Yeah. No, I think Vanda would make an excellent parent, so... Oh, 100%. <laughs> but yeah. then why did you give away the 16 orphans? Yeah, I think it was 18. Because <laughs> I, I I'm not sure about Augustus's parenting skills. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, there's been some kickback about that on social media, but I'm editing that out by not saying it. Because uh, it's extremely unfair to Augustus, who would be a wonderful parent, so shut up. <laughs> a well-reasoned argument. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, also on favourite characters, your boy Citrus said, loved all mine dearly, my favourite has to be the one time I got to play a rack of evil psychic sausages that had to mind control people <laughs> to actually do anything. <laughs> oh my god, that's so Rick and Morty. It, it, it lasted two seconds, uh, two sessions. I made it two steps out of a tavern before I was thrown to a river and poisoned an entire town to death. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Is there any way to incorporate evil psychic sausages into our quest? Already making notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, our friend of the show, Mark Stennett, suggested a follow-up to Richard Godden's Papa Ungamus story. If you remember in that story, there was a thing that the, the carts bringing books to the City of the Dead had continued to arrive for this three and a half thousand years, and Dear Dream, the librarian, had been eating the delivery people. Uh, so Mark asks, can we have a side of the story uh, of Jez, the library errand boy, his quest to take some newly published books to the cursed cavern tomb. 
So what if all his predecessors had died? I'm sure he'll be cough fine. <laughs> well, that's our messaging, Richard. We're getting that. I was going to say we need the story of Jez. <laughs> I must know what happens to Jez. Does he? Does he somehow survive where three and a half thousand years worth of delivery boys have died? Uh, and quick drinks check. What's everyone drinking? Obviously, we know Al has his espresso martini. Mm, own brand ginger beer. Oh, no, Harry. <laughs> no, no. Ginger. Does it not have anything else? Water. <laughs> Was there not water in the tap? Yeah. Was there not, not sand? Not a, <laughs> <laughs> a can of own brand sand. Sand. <laughs> Ginger beer is perfectly acceptable. Oh, of course you do. This is the fucking apricots all over again. I love ginger beer. I don't like apricots. No, apricots are the worst. Ginger beer is awesome. I'm having a glass of tap water. Oh, thanks. For God's sake. (laughs) Ginger beer and... and, um... Lime and rum. Oh, God. Ginger beer and gin. Not awful. Maybe? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm willing to try it because ginger beer is that good. But... um... I mean, it was a dark day when I tried it because, you know, obviously that kind of drink comes out of having very little in the drinks cabinet. But I, I've seen you drink gin and Beck's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, if you wouldn't mind getting to your point. <laughs> Ginger beer is bottom tier soft drink alongside like elderflower, what, but dandelion and burdock. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, dandelion and burdock is terrible. Elderflower's quite nice. Oh, fuck off. Lore. Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting Dice Company on Patreon, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to a whole other show, Extra Roll, as well as an ad-free listening experience. The Dice Company Discord server, along with our socials, can be found on our link tree in the show notes. If you enjoyed this chapter, please like and subscribe, and don't forget to recommend us to your friends. If you didn't like it, recommend us to your enemies. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company. Dice Company.